Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy podcast. Brendan Weber here, your host. So, being this is my first episode of me commentating on a Prager Prager U video, as you might have been able to tell from the title, or a video in general, I feel the need to explain. As many of you might know, Prager U is a popular YouTube channel and actually even a podcast. Uh, they upload their YouTube audio into podcast format and it has quite the following as well. So, Anyway, they are a Christian conservative group that uploads Christian conservative videos. Makes sense. Now, they do a lot of videos with decent production value in their use of animation. It's an interesting echo chamber that has developed and has some mainstream following. The videos they do, they often do political commentary, essentially on why the Republican Party is better than the Democrat Party, to put that, to put it most simply. So they do some history videos and policy videos with uh, that bias in mind. But being the Christian organization they are, especially because of Dennis Prager's Christian leanings, they also dabble into philosophy. So this episode is one I want your feedback on. I'm wondering if you want me to cover these religious poli- or religious philosophy arguments. I'm inclined to do some because, one, religious arguments are still all around us, and two, these arguments are very much cultural or public philosophy. This is a lot of people's main exposure to philosophy, so I think it's fitting for my podcast to cover and address some of these types of arguments and videos and whatnot, and also just to kind of either provide uh, counter viewpoints for these positions or to you know help you find ways to address these arguments when when you face it in various discussions. Plus, I have this cool new podcast software that makes this much simpler to do, so let's let's do this. But first, quick announcement, quick little business items for a few seconds here. I recently went on the Political Philosophy podcast. Link below, they cover uh, political philosophy. They have political philosophy professors on and whatnot, and um, Toby, he, he explains various philosophical schools of thought regarding with a with a political focus and political lens. And if you'd like to support the Philosophy Guy, my show, and get more episodes, check out my Patreon so you can start receiving that bonus episode feed so you can have all of the all the philosophy content in one place and get some more episodes. I'm also opening up my Discord to the public. Link below. I think we have enough of a following now that we can start having some fun combos, and you can find other ways to support the show using the links below. So I'll be straight up. My commentary will only scratch the surface of the possible critiques uh, that that could be made for this video. But for the sake of time and my, your time and mine, I'll try to keep it concise. So the PragerU video I'm going to be analyzing today is titled "If There Is No God, Murder Isn't Wrong." Let's do this. Do you believe that good and evil exist? The answer to this question separates Judeo-Christian values from secular values. Whew, starting off, starting off with a hot one, right? Well, yes, Dennis, I believe in trying to find an understanding of good versus evil, but already I know exactly where you are going with this. Yes, I believe in discussing reason-based arguments for what is good and what is evil. However, we should not assume that there's anything intrinsically good or evil. You'd have to prove that with an argument and reason-based evidence. Also, Dennis, you've left out not only various secular moral systems, but other religious moral systems in your definition between Judeo-Christian values and secular values. This is already setting up a straw man by making these two distinctions as though Judeo-Christian values are the only 
good God-driven, supposed God-driven objective moral systems that are out there, but it's just not true. But let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt, five-minute video. Let's see what else he has to say. Let me offer the clearest possible example. Murder. Is murder wrong? Is it evil? Nearly everyone would answer yes, but now I will pose a much harder question. How do you know? I'm sure you think murder is wrong, mm. but how do you know? I don't know, Dennis. How, how do I know anything, really? <laughs> I mean, just really starting off hot here. So how do I know? I think maybe we should use language here and discuss language. So let's say the language of killing is usually bad. It can sometimes be the case, though, that killing is not bad or not evil, to use Dennis's words. But Dennis is using the language of murder, which within the definition is unjustified killing. So for some reason, he just assumes that, you know, secular people, fuck, we, ne we never thought that, oh man, that, that without God, we can't, we can't have morals anymore. You know, that's, what are we going to do? It's like, he just thought that was such like a great assertion and sweeping statement that he could put out there. So yes, Dennis, I believe when a killing is done under unjustified cause, say someone purposely killed someone for the, the last Oreo in a box of Oreos, that would be an unjustified killing. Thus, it would be murder. That murder, I would call that evil or bad. I don't need God to make that argument, which we'll get into. But how do I know? Well, you take a, a given... Take some given circumstances for why a killing occurred or why an evil, your supposed evil action occurred, stealing, whatnot, rape, whatnot, right? And enter it into your preferred moral system, much like the Judeo-Christian moral system that some prefer. You also have other moral systems. So maybe your moral system is to decrease human suffering, or maybe you're a humanist, something along those lines. Maybe you're utilitarian, whatever it is. I'm not saying that system is right or wrong. But that moral system has a reason-based argument for de determining when killing becomes murder and thus is wrong or evil. But please, Dennis, let's see what else you have to say. If I asked you how you know that the Earth is round, you would show me photographs from outer space or offer me measurable data. But what photographs could you show? What measurements could you provide that prove that murder or rape or theft is wrong? The fact is... You can't. <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, you verify the earth is round through various means of scientific inquiry and empirical evidence and just basic scientific method, which is, has some origins in philosophy, right? But as for murder being wrong, like I said, someone can use a killing in a particular circumstance through their moral system to determine if it was wrong, much like you are doing, Dennis. See, Dennis, how are you verifying murder is wrong through your moral system? You are using a moral system that you perceive to be given by God. You're also perceiving it or assuming it to be good because it's from God. It's simply being from God doesn't prove it's a better moral system. So you could say your moral system and other moral systems can both find ways to determine when murder is wrong. So, kind of confused at what your point is, sir. But continue. There are scientific facts, but without God... There are no moral facts. Um, okay, look up the definition of morality and objective. Within both of those definitions separately, morality and then objective, 
you will not find God mentioned or God's command mentioned as though they like God's command is the only way to find objective truth and God's command is the only way to find moral facts. That's just not the case. But please continue, Dennis. In a secular world, there can only be opinions about morality. They may be personal opinions or society's opinions, but only opinions. Every Sure. <laughs> you could say choosing a moral system is based on opinion. But Dennis is using that word opinion again to straw man a secular moral view. You see, within an within an issue such as a moral system, you have good opinions and bad opinions based on the facts that are behind those various opinions within a moral system. So if I said killing that person is wrong, that's an opinion. But off of that opinion, I will try to provide reason-based arguments and evidence and information and facts for why I think that killing or murder was wrong. So let's say the box of Oreo situation. That occurs. My opinion would be when that person that killed for the Oreo, they were wrong for killing said person that took the last Oreo. I would call that murder then. That's my opinion. My reasons for it is... (laughs) Some obvious reasons that I don't think an Oreo cookie is a reason enough for someone to kill someone. That's ridiculous. That's my point. So, like I said, you got to provide some reasons. Having God's command behind you is not reasons. But let's see what Dennis, what else Dennis has to say. Atheist philosopher I have read or debated on this subject has acknowledged that if there is no God, there is no objective morality. Okay, so this is either, he's either being disingenuous or he hasn't talked to a lot of moral philosophers. I don't know which one it is. Either way, it's bad because it means he's either not looked into various arguments about moral systems enough or he's just purposely leaving out information and warping what various people have said to fit his argument, which is also bad. Because this is just not true. Look up some moral philosophers, and many will not believe in God, but they will believe in objective morality. Honestly, if you just do a simple Google search of moral philosophers, I guarantee you will find a handful that don't believe in God, but also believe in objective morality. But, next. Judeo-Christian values are predicated on the existence of a God of morality. In other words, only if there is a God who says murder is wrong, is murder wrong. Otherwise, all morality is opinion. He really loves that word opinion. So as though it's some evil word when discussing morality, as though when we connect opinion with morality, all of a sudden the whole discussion of morality becomes bad and wrong and just completely unimportant. So let me unpack this though. First of all, Dennis, you are assuming that the word of God makes something objective. That's an assertion that must be proven before you make these sweeping statements about morality regarding opinions. This is where we can get into the issue of divine command theory in itself and morals coming from a God or gods, I guess you could say too. So what is good? What is moral? Is it good or moral because God knows so? Or is it good or moral because God says so? The famous Euthyphro Dilemma by Socrates, which has not been solved by those who believe in moral laws given to us by divine command. So consider this. Assuming we can verify the word of God, which is a big assumption, a big assertion that I'm sure Dennis would have to use a few videos to cover, but what if God's commands 
where what if God commanded killing is always right? So essentially those who follow God's command of what is moral are relying on God's subjective opinion of morality as being better. It would lead them to possibly having to kill people and now claim that as objective morality because God commanded it, but there's no reason to believe that. So you could say, well, God's opinion makes it objective. For one, that's asserting God's existence. And two, that's assuming we can verify the principles that are the word of God. And doesn't that sound like there's a lot of opinion regarding morals involved there? Because how do we trust we know God's opinion? But anyway, go on. The entire Western world, what we call Western civilization, is based on this understanding. Now, let me make two things clear. First, this doesn't mean that if you don't believe in God, you can't be a good person. There are plenty of kind and moral individuals who don't believe in God and Judeo-Christian values. Wow. Thanks. I... Thank God I can still be moral if, if someone doesn't believe in God. But again, the the issue, the reason I'm pausing here is it's a complete contradiction to the assertion made in the beginning of your or of your video. Dennis's claim was essentially that those who don't believe in God can't be moral because they don't believe in objective truth or objective morality, sorry. But let's let's let him go on and see what else he has to say. But the existence of these good people has nothing, nothing to do with the question of whether good and evil really exist if there is no God. Second, there have been plenty of people who believed in God who were not good people. Indeed, more than a few have been evil and have even committed evil in God's name. Okay, so let's unpack this one. Let's take Dennis's word. He's trying to give some slack to priests and, and I would say even prophets and whatnot that misinterpreted God's word. Okay, sure, fine. Now, by that logic, though, let's grant you that God has given us objective moral truths to follow. But in order to interpret those truths, which Dennis has just basically just said, we have to utilize the subjective opinions of individuals. Individuals such as the God-fearing priest, the God-fearing prophets you just called evil. Thus, negating the ability to follow objective moral laws, moral truths, even if they exist because we cannot reliably verify them from those that we're supposed to, those people that we're supposed to interpret God's truth. So, I mean, even look at the, the history of Christianity, there's a lot of disagreement about what is considered right and wrong. There's some subjectivity, some opinion there. But let's let him go on and see what else he has to say. Existence of God doesn't ensure people will do good. I wish it did. Okay, to me, this is him admitting we should discuss the best possible moral system and shouldn't trust those saying they know the truth of God's word. He's basically admitting that within even Judeo-Christian values, there's disagreement and arguments over what is good. So that to me, there's some subjectivity there. So I'm really not getting his distinction of why Judeo-Christian values are all of a sudden now more superior and better because they're objective compared to secular values, even though they're, they both have the issue of subjectivity, but continue. The existence of God only ensures that good and evil objectively exist and are not merely opinions. Without God, we therefore end up with what is known as moral relativism, meaning that morality is not absolute, but only relative to the individual or to the society. Without God, the words good and evil are just another way of saying I like and I don't like.
If there is no God, the statement murder is evil is the same as the statement, I don't like murder. Okay, this is, he, so I'm going to pack a bunch here, but the the statement, I don't like murder, I kind of already covered that, where if someone says, I don't like murder, they're going to provide reasons of why it violates their moral system. Just saying that that they, they're equal to each other. You could say Dennis's Judeo-Christian value system is also saying, I don't like murder. There's no... He's not providing any substance or providing any reasons why God provides any extra substance to that. He's just assuming stuff. So let me get a lot of the way, though. Dennis, of course, throws out moral relativism as though we should immediately assume that's a ridiculous viewpoint. And he's using that as a, as a way to freak the audience out. But let's unpack. So first of all, Dennis himself has pointed out various religious believers have gotten the word of God wrong, or at least Dennis claims. So within Judeo-Christian values, we have disagreements about an absolute morality that Dennis wants to establish. Disagreement about an absolute morality? What, what does that mean? So people are trying to figure out the best system of absolute morality. Well, that sounds like there's some subjectivity involved here. Also, he's assuming that an absolute morality is a good one. You could reasonably argue that absolute morality can lead to dangerous viewpoints. We should not just assume that this objective absolute morality, even if it's provided by God or not, we shouldn't assume that it's a good one. You see, when you believe in an absolute moral code, it makes you feel justified in seeing someone that doesn't follow that code as someone who has left the path of truth, someone bad, someone unprotected by God. So take the history of Christianity. You have the Crusades, Inquisition, religious wars, slavery, genocide, genocide of other religion, genocide of other groups. They're, they were all said to be justified by those who feared a God in the sky simply because they perceived they were fighting those who denied their absolute truth. So someone might say, though, that, oh, well, the, the Christians nowadays have disavowed the Crusades or whatever it was. That's not my point. My point is that there's some subjectivity in, in the changing evolution of morality even within the Judeo-Christian moral system, right? So see, this, this absolute moral language pushes believers into using the language of fighting immoral actors who don't understand the truth they understand. My point is, moral absolutes can create a direct split of us versus them, good versus evil, good versus bad, when in reality it's made a narrative that has been used as justification for harmful actions upon others. So, okay, like I said, I'm going to unpack a little bit more here. So Dennis's claim is also committing the either-or fallacy. I've kind of alluded this to this already, but he's putting forward that we either have to believe in God's command or that all morality is relative. Saying that if this other position is wrong, it makes mine right is ridiculous. Basic logic tells us that you have to prove your own position, and Dennis has not done that in this video. Also, the simple fact that we have alternative opinions on moral systems than the ones he provided, you know, you have to disprove them as well. We have arguments for absolute morality, relative morality, and to name just one, you have Descartes' provisional morality, which is kind of distinctly different, which is useful in constructing one's own moral system. So Descartes is essentially finding moral values that are good in most circumstances. That's an oversimplified explanation, but roughly the what it means. But let's let Dennis continue and see what else he has to say. Now, many will argue that you don't need moral absolutes. People won't murder because they don't want to be murdered. But that argument is just wishful thinking. Hitler, Stalin, and Mao didn't want to be murdered, but that hardly stopped them from murdering about 100 million people. 
It is not a coincidence that the rejection of Judeo-Christian values in the Western world by Nazism and communism led to the murder of all these innocent people. Okay, so Hitler was not an atheist. That's a common misconception. If anything, it's unclear, but he, I would not call him an atheist. Also, you know, they didn't reject Judeo-Christian values. The Nazis very much still believed in God. They actually warped their opinion of God, their absolute morality, into justifying their genocidal actions. Also, Stalin revived the Russian Orthodox Church, so calling the Soviet Union a secular moral system is also just ridiculous and just not true and just dishonest to history. Also, even if they were atheist, killing in the name of an ideology has obvious religious overtones. So national socialism and communism very much utilize a moral code system of absolute right and wrong. So I feel like Dennis is throwing these two these two extreme viewpoints in there to kind of prove his point that, you know, if we keep going secular, we're either going to end up as a bunch of communists or a bunch of Nazis. And that's just an absolute ridiculous thing to say. But maybe we should think about this. Does absolute morality corrupt absolutely? Maybe we should question absolute morality before we just assert that some moral relativism is not such a bad thing. But go on. It's also not a coincidence that the first societies in the world to abolish slavery, an institution that existed in every known society in human history, were Western societies rooted in Judeo-Christian values. And so were the first societies to affirm universal human rights, to emancipate women, and to proclaim the value of liberty. Today... Okay, for the sake of time, I'm not going to address all that, but let's just say it was a major oversimplification, major cause and effect issues, and a lot of that was just not true. But anyway, let him continue. The rejection of Judeo-Christian values and moral absolutes has led to a world of moral confusion. In the New York Times in March 2015, a professor of philosophy confirmed this. He wrote, What would you say if you found out that our public schools were teaching children that it is not true that it's wrong to kill people for fun? Would you be surprised? I was. The professor then added, The overwhelming majority of college freshmen view moral claims as mere opinions. Okay, so this is just a weird rhetorical rehash of what he's already said. And also, if a professor or teacher is wording it in this way, they are not being a great teacher. This is just Dennis strawmaning a viewpoint he doesn't agree with and rephrasing some stuff that he's already said. But let's just let him continue. So then, whatever you believe about God or religion, here is a fact. Without a God who is the source of morality, morality is just a matter of opinion. So, if you want a good world, the death of Judeo-Christian values should frighten you. Okay, that should not frighten you, obviously. That's not a fact for reasons I've established, but allow me to provide some more critique. In the words of one of my favorite comedians, Bo Burnham, where he sings a song from God's perspective, the books you think I wrote are way too thick. Who needs a thousand metaphors to figure out you shouldn't be a dick? It's also like, excuse me, Mr. Prager, you couldn't figure out murder was wrong on your own. You needed God to tell you. So imagine someone saying to you, yeah, you know what? I want to do all this bad stuff, but thank God God's telling me otherwise. You'd probably want to disassociate yourself with them. 
But like what I, what I take away is maybe just maybe people should abstain from rape simply not simply because they think God doesn't want them to. That freaks me out. Like that's what's holding you back from raping people. That's absolutely a horrendous thing to say. I'll end with this. I pointed out the many things wrong with Dennis's and Prager's arguments, but also he didn't prove anything. He was essentially saying that because he doesn't want to live in a world without objective morality, that it makes it true from his desire for it to be true. That provides nothing. It provides no substance, no extra weight to his argument. But anyway, thanks for listening. Please hit that. Please hit the subscribe button. Check out my Patreon bonus feed and you know links below. Check out ways to support the show. But uh, thanks for listening. Peace.